And here we go. You're listening to Open Mic Friday, Law and Gospel, on this Friday, October the 16th, in the year of our Lord, 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we are going to be taking a look at some letters we received, emails we received, etc. So, without further ado, let's begin with one of the emails. This is from Alina. Dear Tom, I've been enjoying learning from your Law and Gospel podcast. Today you mentioned that you have some materials available in different languages. In particular, I'm interested in materials translated into Russian to give it to my parents who are not believers yet. Uh, Thank you. Well, I personally did attend Novosibirsk in Russia for a number of weeks, teaching seminarians there about law and gospel. I speak very little Russian. It's one of the most difficult languages to learn. I did learn how to say, yes, I'm hungry and things like that. (laughs) But every time I did a lecture, and I did some in Novosibirsk at the seminary, and then also went up to Tomsk, a town in Siberia, and was one of the first Lutherans there in many, many years. And I was talking to the university there about law and gospel. Well, I don't know how to write in Russian, But as many of you well know, we are affiliated with the Good News magazine that's edited by Wallace Schultz, a former speaker of the Lutheran Hour. In fact, not long ago, they redid one of his sermons uh, on the Lutheran Hour. And he puts out what's called the Good News magazine. There's 46 issues and each issue has important details. Uh, For example, they talk about baptism, justification, sanctification, the Lord's Supper, prayer, faith, kingdom of God. Uh, One of my favorites is number 11, law and gospel. And then on revelation, uh, heresy, repentance, uh, heaven, uh, forgiveness, and I can name all 45 of them. Uh, Recently, beginning with number 42, they have been talking about a curriculum. Uh, There were some uh, pastors in South America who were requesting the good news be put together in such a way to help lead people to Jesus Christ. So number 42 is baptize and teach. Number 43 is baptism, ark connection. Number 44, Job looks ahead to the resurrection. Number 45, Abraham's call and your call. And then The last one, 46, Abraham, your faith 
Foundation. Now, you can actually get a subscription to the Good News publication, and they'll send them to your home, no problem at all. And all you do is a mail, and I'll give you the address. It's a four-issue subscription for $20. Now, you'll get four magazines. They're not all necessarily within one year. It takes quite a bit of time to put this together. And you can even get bulk subscriptions of 10 or more to one address, and they're just $10 each. And the subscriptions are issue-based, not year-based. So you may get one pretty soon, and then in another four months, and then maybe five months after that, but you will get four. The, the address is Good News, Post Office Box 76. And the city is Defiance, D-E-F-I-A-N-C-E, Missouri, 63341. Uh, you can also phone if you have specific questions, and that is at 1-800-778-1132. And they even have an email address, info, I-N-F-O, at good, and then a dash, news.net good-news.net. Now, the email asks, do they have it in Russian? Well, they've got it in a number of languages and send it to the following countries. And I can't name all of them. There are just too many of them. Angola, Argentina, Australia, Bahamas, Belarus, Benin, Bolivia, Botswana, Brazil, Burkina, Burgundy, and that's just the bees. And they've got a lot more that they mail this good news to. And it's also done in various languages. Now, Russian was a language that they did them to. In, in fact, uh, you can even get a hold of a Russian copy, but I would encourage you to write to Good News or phone them because they are out of a number of copies, and I just don't know if they have any more Russian. I had uh, gotten a Russian copy because I rent some space from an individual who just so happens uh, to know Russian. And so I gave him a copy of the good news and uh, we have great conversations. So that's how you can get a hold of this. A lot of you may not be aware of that, boy, some years ago, uh, I had been asked to go by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod uh, to Russia, Novosibirsk. I was there for three weeks doing law and gospel 
kinds of teaching to seminarians there, as well as to the city of Tomsk, which was an Orthodox city. I had people listening to me wondering, am I going to attack the Orthodox faith? But instead, I tried to show that the Orthodox Church really does believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior, who died on the cross for their sins, etc. And I still have that lecture I gave there. As I gave the lecture, there was my Russian translator with us, and she would translate into Russian what I said in English. So it often took about twice as much time. I even wrote a little paper on my experiences getting to Novosibirsk. Novosibirsk, it really is two words meaning New Siberia. And it was during the Cold War, there were a lot of missiles and it was a place that Westerners really weren't allowed to go into. And it had lots and lots of people, hundreds of thousands of them. And many of them were out of work after the Cold War ended. And I, I do know that we had a wonderful time talking to the seminarians. But I traveled alone to Novosibirsk. I went through France, then to Moscow. When I got to the Moscow airport, I had an interesting, well, kind of thing happen to me. The plane I had to take was not at the airport I landed at. It was at a different airport. And I didn't speak Russian. And I would go around the airport I landed at trying to figure out how do I get to the other airport once I realized that? And I was helped put on a bus and I was carrying good news with me, by the way, as well as my luggage and got to the other airport. But I believe it was about a four to five hour wait that I had to wait before the plane to Novosibirsk took off. So I'm sitting in this kind of a cafeteria situation and there were tables. It was kind of like you'll see at parks, a uh, table with a bench on both sides of it. So I was told to really be careful in watching my luggage. And so I had my luggage kind of tied around my leg and I was reading a book waiting for my plane to take off. Well, there was a gentleman at the other end of the bench and he waved that I should come towards him. He was sitting down eating a meal and I had an orange pop. That's all I was drinking at that time. So I didn't move towards him because I would have had to have left uh, the luggage and such that I was carrying. So I didn't know really what he was asking me to do why he wanted me to move closer to him. But I had in my mind that gypsies in that area would often steal luggage, etc. Well, what happened is 
near the end of his meal, he weighed me towards him again, and I didn't move. So he went to get up, and remember, we were sitting on a bench, and all of a sudden, my end of the bench started falling towards the floor. And it suddenly hit me while he wanted me to move over. I was on the edge of the bench on the other side, and uh, with my luggage and everything, he knew that it would flip on me. And so I nodded thank you to him, and I moved more into the center, and uh, he kind of took off. But, but there were some really interesting things that happened, even at that airport, and I wrote about this in a kind of a monologue uh, about my trip. For example, I needed to use the washroom and to get into the bathrooms, you had to pay. Now I had Russian money, but to me it all looked like monopoly money. I had no idea if it was a dollar, $20, $30. I knew how much I had given to get Russian money. So I, I walked to the front of the door of the bathroom and there was a woman there who was taking cash and she said something and I didn't know how much. So I handed her uh, the money I had and she took some out. I have no idea whether she took out a uh, dollar or $20. Uh, anyway, I went into the washroom and then I went to wash my hands, but there was no towels hanging down from the sink. So I didn't know how to dry them. What I did, I went back into the stall and there was toilet paper. So I grabbed some toilet paper and I began to dry my hands with it, walked out of the area. And there were two Russians looking at me, wondering what is going on here? And I didn't know why they were kind of looking at me, but they were washing their hands also. So I said, well, what are they going to do to dry them? What they did, they walked away from the sinks over to the wall, and there was a hole in the wall. And it wasn't much bigger, say, than the size of a baseball. They put their hands up into the hole area, and warm wind came out to dry their hands. So here was this American drying his hands with toilet paper and they were using some fan that was hidden in the wall, but you just put your hands up and you were fine. It was really kind of interesting. I also enjoyed going in Nova Sibirsk to the marketplace. This was a large area filled with tents with all kinds of clothes, etc. And I was told by my Russians, don't talk, because once they know you're an American, they're going to try and get more money from you from what they are selling. So I didn't say anything, but I had bought a one of those round Russian hats, a fur hat kind of thing. It was pretty inexpensive. And so I had it on my head and I was walking around with this hat on, and all of a sudden I came up to a person who was looking at me. I stopped and he stopped. 
he came up to me, took my hat, turned it around and put it back on my head. To this day, I still don't know what is the front part of the hat and what is the back part of the hat. But obviously, I was not a Russian because I didn't have the hat on right. And when I had left St. Louis, I wore Sunday shoes. You know, those are those nice shoes. They were tied up. And I also had kind of a slippery sole. Well, there was minus 40 degrees in Russia when I got there. And when I would walk into areas, I was taking really small steps so that I would not slip and fall. And once I almost lost my shoe in a little mud hole. But the Russians beside me were kind of laughing because they had the proper shoes on and they were walking around uh, on the ice and the snow in this cold weather. And they were bundled up. Uh, fortunately, I had brought with me, my father had a really big winter coat. And I wore that on the plane, which was kind of interesting because I think when I left St. Louis, it was 60 or 70 degrees and wore it on the plane. I don't know how I would have taken that trip today because, you know, you can't carry that much on the plane. You got to pay for it, this sort of thing. So I got to Novosibirsk, went to the seminary, and it was a building, and the cook there was a former woman who had been taking care of missiles, and she was a great cook because every time she'd make something, I would always have it with sour cream. I always enjoyed their soup, their borscht, all this sort of thing. What would happen while I was there is the seminarians thought that law and gospel was a figment of the imagination of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. They knew about C.F.W. Walther, the first president, but they didn't think that these distinctions between law and gospel were biblical. Well, I was teaching them as best as I was able to about these distinctions, but I finally think that they began to listen to me when something else happened when I was there. I was there a number of weeks before I went up to Tomsk to do my lectures there. But one night they brought out chess boards and they love playing chess, as you know. Now they were unaware of this, but I actually collected chess boards and I had my computer with me where I played chess games on it. And so I pretended that I didn't know how to play chess very well. And they asked me if they would, if I would play against one of their players. And he was kind of the head of the seminary, president of the seminary. And I went to play him. The game was over in five moves. Oh, you want to know who won? I lost. He was a grandmaster. <laughs> he was tremendous. Uh, he could have made a lot of money just staying in chess instead of becoming a Lutheran pastor. 
but he loved the Lord that much, and he was a great administrator. Well, I lost to him, and never would I knew be able to beat him. But there was a young man there, and he challenged me to a game. And by grace or whatever you want to say, I beat him in the first game, and he could hardly believe it. And while I was there, I think we played about 16 games. And on the last day I was there, we were tied eight to eight in games. And he begged me, play one more game, because he did not want to have the reputation of losing more games uh, to somebody from the United States of America and the other Russians would make fun of him. So he played one more game and I won. <laughs> and he didn't want me to take off on the plane, but I had to. And so those were some great memories. We still keep in touch with those folks. They were wonderful Christians. The church has been growing quite a bit. And I also am uh, working with Concordia Mission Society. We've sent money to Novosibirsk, uh, particularly to the seminary. And I'm sure we'll be sending more to them as individuals give to Concordia Mission Society. But all this has got to do with that letter about the lady wanting to know if we had anything in Russian. And I'm not sure that Concordia Mission Society has any more Russian copies, but I gave you the address and the phone number uh, to phone Concordia Mission Society, and they'll be able to tell you uh, right away uh, about that. Uh, let me once more remind you uh, of the phone number in, in case you didn't get it earlier in the program. It's 1-800-778-1132. And the Good News publication has a lot of times over 50 pages of Bible studies, but it also has a lot of artistic work that's done by individuals and it helps to explain what uh, Dr. Schultz is putting in as the Bible studies. Very, very helpful. In fact, I've never talked to anybody who has not received a copy of it that isn't very helped by it. Now, we at Law and Gospel always try and get copies, and they always send them to us. And I'm more than willing to send you a free copy of the last issue. Uh, simply email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. And make sure you put down your name, the address you want to send the good news free copy to, and also your phone number, and we'll get that out to you. you. You cannot get a better magazine than that good news. I'm Tom Baker. 
That takes care of our Open Mic Friday. And for this week, if you want to ask a question, also do the email at lawngospel at lawngospel101.com. Remember, we're on every morning, Monday to Friday on KFUO, and Monday we'll be doing a lesson for the following Sunday, which just so happens to be Reformation. Until Monday, I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.